COVID has pushed people like me who are extremely social to be isolated and working alone for most of the day. So I think that that's been sort of one thing. And I think it's highlighted really the importance of mentorship and social connection and, you know, I think reflects then on the culture of a company. So that, that's, I think, really, really big one. Yeah. And just to piggyback off of what Danielle said in terms of COVID, COVID definitely did expose the realities of some companies of how they treat their employees. And that also has halted others from actually joining those companies. So that's just a really big shift into why a lot of Gen Zers are not taking certain hourly position jobs because they see the culture of the job doesn't actually match up to what they're actually like advertising. The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show, the home of Googleization Nation, where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about the crazy shift going on in the world of business, technology, and HR. Here's your host, Ira Wolf. Hello, Googleization Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Geek Skeezers and Googleization. Welcome to September 2021. Hard to believe. I don't know where the, the year went, where the eight, last 18 months went, losing perspective. And welcome, Jason. Another episode of co-hosting with me. Absolutely. It's good to see you, my friend. This is the first I've seen you since you came back from Sherm Vegas. That's right. We sort of had a week off last week. We we did a rerun, a replay of one of my favorite shows, our favorite shows, but we weren't live. It's great to be back and so much has happened. It's incredible that it's what's happened in the last two weeks. And Sherm Talent was, was pretty amazing. There was about 700 people on site out in Vegas. Vegas is still the same. Not my favorite place to visit, but it was it was busy. You know, masks makes it a little interesting to go to Vegas, being on a plane for five hours, two hours in the airport, a long time to be masked. We got through it relatively uneventful. Term talent, what they said, was pretty amazing. Had a great presentation, good response. Continued to get responses. I heard from a couple of people this morning, and we were talking about adaptability and now getting ready for next week, going back to Vegas for just the night. I've got some other things. So we're talking about recruiting in the age of Googleization, had a whole bunch of, uh, and you and I haven't connected. So I've had Sharon with uh, Roxy right before the show. I've had two TV interviews and five interviews all about where are all the people? What's going on? Why can't we find people? What do you think about, un you know, so many times we talked about, well, the unemployment benefits are going away this, this month. And, you know, what do we think is going to happen? Is this going to help the labor shortage? And the answer is no, because it hasn't helped to date. And then just this morning, a big Wall Street Journal article came out and said the same thing a lot of us have been saying for the last few months, not going to make a difference because all the states that stopped their unemployment benefits earlier hasn't shown an uptick. But we are going to have a phenomenal show. Can't wait to bring our guests on today, Danielle Farage and Rosa Beltran, two Gen Zs that I heard a few weeks ago on a roundtable we were in, completely Danielle longer. She was on and then Rosa, I met that day. 
great perspectives. Total smashes the stereotype that most employers have about Gen Z. I still get asked, how do we how do we attract? What do we need to do to get these young people to work? And Danielle and Rosa certainly don't. They do exemplify what Gen Z workers are like as a whole. And they're phenomenal. They're good human beings. They're hard workers. They're just looking for a good place to land. They're willing to do it if you treat them right. And so the answer to everybody's questions, what do we need to do to recruit Gen Z, which is essentially anybody under about 30 years old, we're going to get some answers today. And I think you're going to be mightily impressed, especially talk really curious about because I'm not an avid user of it, but I do have an account. But TikTok, you know, how is that going to revolutionize it? So real quickly, Jason, what's new with you and what's up with DoLead? Yeah. So real quick to tie into TikTok, I'm with you. You would think because I'm in a technology company and DoLead that I'm like tied into some of this stuff. The only time I use TikTok is when I get a text message from a friend who uses TikTok and he says, you've got to watch this video. <laughs> but I don't have an account myself. I haven't used it for anything. So I am beyond excited today to hear from Rosa and Danielle how this can be an incredible tool that's fun and really effective for businesses to find the right people. I tell you, the thing you posted this morning, Ira, about how many open positions there are Crazy. in the industries. And I know it's very easy to, to quickly think, well, why don't people just want to work? You know, I think we also have to ask the question is, do we have jobs that people want to do? Do we have companies mm -hmm. and cultures that people want to be a part of? And that's what I'm excited to hear from them on today as well. And for anybody who's interested, it's actually from Snag, Snag a Job. They do a weekly hiring report for hourly workers. And, you know, there, there some some jobs are up 200, 300 and 400 percent increase over the pre-pandemic number. This isn't wow. comparing where it was last April, a year ago, April, when we had 32 percent unemployment. This is in the beginning of March of 2020, before the, the layoffs and closures happened. So incredible. And so there's there's a market was tight then. So we have more, you know, a two, three, four hundred percent increase in some job postings for different industries, such as healthcare, distribution and logistics, drawn by I mean retail and and the restaurants oh, yeah. are pretty soft. They're pretty flat. But um, on on demand gig jobs you know, like Upwork. So an incredible increase in the number of jobs. So we've had increased number of jobs. We've lost some people from the workforce. Some people are reluctant to go back. A whole lot of reasons we won't go into. You just search search my name this week and there's like seven articles and two interviews that are up there talking about it. And if you join googleizationnation.com, which is free, you'll get those updates. I, I send those out pretty frequently though. So thanks Roxy for putting that up. But we don't want to waste any more time. I want to get to uh, Rosa and and Danielle. So we want to welcome our Gen Zers to the show. And we got most of the generations covered here. Jason, I think you're an older millennial, younger Gen X can cross both lines. And, and I'm definitely an older baby boomer. So I think we got most of it covered here. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you Thank for you. having us. Very welcome. excited. So let's do quick intros here. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on that because we want to dive in and, and talk about what's going on. And yeah, let's start with you because you're closest to, to me on this <laughs> for no other reason. Tell us about you uh, and, and where you landed at CAFE. Yeah, for sure. So I am a Gen Z workplace futurist, and I aim to foster an elevated consciousness around the intersection of identity, 
culture and self-advocacy and education really. So essentially I dream of a world where everyone feels valued, supported, fulfilled in the workplace and beyond and really appealed to me my current role what I'm trying to do in a larger picture is bring people together to talk about how we get there. And CAFE, essentially what we do is we help people connect both in and out of the workplace by providing them more visibility into who's going into the office, when, and how they're working. So by facilitating this social connection, I think that we're one step closer to really getting there in terms of helping people feel valued and supported and fulfilled, both in the workplace and beyond. And I regularly share content on LinkedIn about values-based job searching, growth mindset, self-discovery, and I'm also writing a book about the topic. So very excited to uh, to be here. Which we can't wait to read and see. So Rosa, tell us about yourself. Hi, so my name is Rosa Beltran. I just started my career in sales. I graduated last fall from Dundee College. And one thing I've noticed while working at Dahlia Labs is that I wanna help make the job search better. So in that space, what I love to talk to my bosses about is pretty much ways that they can use social media to get our product out there and recruit people to the company as well. So I'm very passionate about social media as a whole, but specifically TikTok in reference to recruiting Gen Z and more. <laughs> so we're going to definitely get to social media and especially TikTok because I don't think any people know what it is, understand it still flabbergasted and did a long interview yesterday our interview on a podcast about google for jobs and that's not even social media that's something that every recruiter every company should know what it is how to use it and they're clueless many companies are absolutely clueless about it so when you start bringing up social media and especially things like TikTok, i know that is brand new information for a lot of companies so we're going to get there but let's start with some basics because it drives me crazy and I wrote a book, you know, Geek Skeezers and Googleization. That was 13 years ago. And I, and the youngest generation at that point was millennials. And then prior to that, you know, was what do you do? How do you how do you hire Gen Z, Gen X? What do we do about that? So now the big question is, is how do we hire Gen Z? So what I'd like to get from you guys pretty briefly is what are some of the things that you've seen companies do right in recruiting you got people like yourself. You, you've land, both landed in good places and you're excited about that. Um, and what do you see companies doing wrong? Let's start with the companies doing right. You see companies doing right. And then we'll go to see what some companies are doing wrong. So Rosa, let's start with you. What, what do you see, you know, what should companies be doing to attract Gen Z? If you're being honest, I believe companies should relate more to Gen Z. Take some time to really get to know how social media works, how TikTok works, and how you can make an impact there. So one thing I've seen that a lot of companies are starting to do is called a day in the life, where they film themselves throughout their entire workday and show exactly what they do step by step. Because it's not enough to just tell someone, hey, this is what I do. You have to show them exactly what you do and how a day to day would look like. And that helps a lot of people make a decision on whether or not they would like to work there and be in this role. And for your company or what you've seen done well in other places, are these selfie, you know, kind of selfies, just somebody walking around? Are they, are, are they professional, you know, video videographer to do this? And I'm only bringing this, I know the answer is, but I'm not sure a lot of the listeners do. Because a lot of times it's, oh, video, we have a we're restricting, we don't like people posting things without our permission which I think is the crazy, the 1990s type of mentality. But 
What's required? I mean, do you just have employees go and post what it's like to work at your company? Well, first you have to get permission to do that. But all it really takes is your iPhone or your Galaxy, whatever phone you have, and just record. Ask people for their permission to say, hey, can I record you doing this, doing that? And there you go. It really Good. does help capture. So number one is guidelines. Have, have some guidelines in your company, but uh, be permissive as well. Encourage people to do that. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Danielle, what's going on with, on your side? What would you suggest doing yeah. right? So just to build on top of that, I think even in creating content around a day in the life, right, bringing people in, it's important to also show the values of a company in doing so, right? So being super intentional about how you're portraying the company in the eyes of someone who works there, right? So if there's a social impact day and everyone in the office goes out to volunteer together, that's a really important thing to highlight. And it's also something that we really look for in in jobs, especially is that opportunity to exercise our, our social values. And I think secondly, we're extremely entrepreneurial. So 72% of high schoolers want to have a business. And that means that, you know, companies like Amazon and these big companies are creating like innovation labs in-house at Amazon, right, to service and provide sort of that opportunity for their younger professionals or even people in their mid-careers to sort of experience And then another thing is really flexibility. I spoke to a bunch of my friends and and beyond, but essentially 63% of Gen Zers and 74% of millennials prefer working from home whenever they want, right? So essentially providing the flexibility is a really, really important thing that I think only continue to grow as a trend. And that's very important to Gen Z, I think. You also had an amazing stat that just went up right before the show. And it was like 90, was it 91% of Gen Z are looking to change jobs? Yeah. Am I correct? That was was the right stat. I think there were two different stats there. Yeah. Yeah, So it may not be recruiting Gen Z. It might be how to retain them. And the same approach, the same philosophy, the same model, uh, you know, works for for both. Pay attention to that. Yeah, that, that fits in line. Yesterday, former guest on the show, Al Sini, uh, and been working with Al, and we're doing a brand and culture alignment. It was really about employment branding, and that's a lot of what we're talking about right now with the employment brand. And the talking about messaging, the messaging and the culture has to align. So just having a great marketing plan and doing everything's right, saying the right things, saying that you know we're going to provide you a purpose, and and we care about you, and and we care about life work integration, and we do all these things right, but then you walk walk through the door, you and Rosen and your cohort, all the cohorts walk through the front door and the culture doesn't reflect that, you know? So making sure that the brand, your messaging, you walk the talk, essentially, your brand and your culture are aligned. And there's a pathway to be able to do that. I will, while you guys are talking, I'm going to look up what the link is so you can watch the replay on that. Not you, but the listeners. Jason, I know you had a couple questions for for Danielle and, and Rosa as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm really curious with Gen Z, what is it that's really shaped your generation when it comes to thinking about work? Have there been certain kind of events, certain things that have happened on a global scale or maybe even just a common theme? in your school experiences that has elevated certain aspects of things being absolutely mission critical when you look at joining a company? 
what are those things that have kind of congealed to make those things rise to the surface in importance? Yeah, I guess I can start. I think for one, COVID, (laughs) (laughs) kind of a no-brainer, but important to highlight nonetheless. I think that personally, actually, I've never worked a day in the office formally, and that is an incredibly unique experience and probably one that most people can't relate to. So having sort of that ability to also have a company recognize that that is valuable and then that's a valuable perspective and one that they're welcome to hearing about and, and listening to, that's really important, making sure that company knows that you know they value my opinion as well as those of others. So I think that's for one, you know, COVID has pushed people like me who are extremely social to be isolated and working alone for most of the day. So I think that that's been sort of one thing. And I think it's highlighted really the importance of mentorship and social connection. And, you know, I think reflects then on the culture of a company. So that that's, I think, really, really big one. <laughs> yeah. And just to piggyback off of what Danielle said in terms of COVID, COVID definitely did expose the realities of some companies of how they treat their employees. And that also has halted others from actually joining those companies. So that's just a really big shift into why a lot of Gen Zers are not taking certain hourly position jobs because they see the culture of the job doesn't actually match up to what they're actually like advertising. Yeah, that's one of the biggest challenges. I work a lot with the with the talent board, or at least I reference a lot of their materials and you know researching three hundred thousand plus candidates each year. And that's one of the biggest hardships. It's not that people leave bad reviews, but they, the job postings, the culture, the career pages talk about this great company to work for. And then they, they have an interview with the hiring manager and they go, well, yeah, you can get that, but it may be three to five years or you have to prove yourself first. And that's important. I mean, you do have to show up and do the work. But again, people know those are a lot of false promises at times to be able to do that. What are some of the, you know, and I want to, want to ask this question, then we definitely want to get to the TikTok and, and specific social media strategies. What are, what are some of the things you've son, seen companies do really bad? And, and again, maybe not intentionally, sometimes unintentionally trying to attract Gen Z. And, and one of them may just be saying we love Gen Z. <laughs> it's like sig- singling you out you know, putting the target on your back. And it's like that you're, you're aliens from another planet, right? You know, and it's like, well, how do, how do we, how do we reach them? And, and again, I know that was always a complaint with millennials. Like we hate being called millennials and Gen Y, we are doing it to Gen Z. So what are some things that, that you've seen companies do bad and they definitely need to avoid that? I think for one, the recruitment process can be really bad. <laughs> and that, that's the best way to describe it. You're being kind. That's yeah. another statement, Danielle. <laughs> you know, I think some of my friends who graduated went to companies and had like eight rounds of interviews. And I just don't think that that's a good experience. And it's also unfair to take so much time away from someone and in their job search and their personal passions and just their lives. And some of them got to the final round and just didn't get an offer and then didn't get any feedback. So it's just a bunch of time wasted. I think that's a really, really big one. I also think that 
one thing that companies don't do a great job of is helping people feel close to the work and and really listening, right? And being an intuitive and empathetic leaders in order to tune in and say, hey, this person is unengaged. What can I do to help them succeed and get them closer to their mission, right? Get them closer to the work itself. Or if it's not this work, then might it be something else? You know, one of the things that I really look forward to tracking and understanding is whether companies will sort of take the ego out of it and start helping people transition to other companies. And I've seen a couple of innovations that make me kind of bullish on this idea where one of them is like a swap. I think it was a YC-backed company, Y Combinator, and they essentially allow talent acquisition to swap their talent which is an interesting concept and, and one I think that that's overdue. <laughs> yeah, we just had a conversation a few weeks ago uh, with Alyssa Garn about what you did in creating that talent pool and having groups of people. And, and even people who don't fit your culture now is sharing those people with another company and vice versa. You get, you're able to t- tap the talent pool. But absolutely, the horizontal career path, you know, I grew up in an age, and, and I know Jason probably had the back end of that, is that, well, if you leave our company, we're never hiring you again. That, that is so foolish. <laughs> that is so, it was outdated 20 years ago. And, you know, the fact that people are still talking about it that way is crazy. Rosa, what, yeah, what have you seen companies do badly? I'm pretty new to this industry, but in the six months that I spent searching for a job, I noticed that. Just the recruiting space, like Danielle said, was bad. <laughs> My experience was terrible. I've had certain hiring managers never get back to me, or they would just start off with asking straight for like, what do you bring to the table instead of highlighting the company's accomplishments and why I should work for the company. So it was more about me than it was about the company. And I just didn't think that was a great way because in order for someone to want to work at your company, you have to sell all of those accomplishments instead of nitpicking exactly what they have to bring to the table. That's such a powerful thought, Rosa, and connected to what Danielle was sharing too. It just boggles my mind that we still have complicated recruiting processes in companies because complexity kills sales, right? We know that on the RevOps side, there's plenty of research over the years. Complexity kills opportunities and deals with prospective buyers. It's no different in recruiting, right? If you're a company, you're trying to sell your company and what you're about to this new hire. And so to have a complicated process, to me, would be a red flag right off the the bat for a lot of these people that are good candidates to say, no, this is not a good fit for me. Yeah, Jason, that's so funny with you guys. I mean, this is exactly we talked about yesterday. Our conversation was on this Serge and Shelley show. Canadian based. It's the most popular podcast up in Canada. And Alex Murphy, both of you guys, Danielle and, and Rosa, you know Alex from JobSync. We were talking about Google and it turned out you know, people want to know is how do we get on Google for jobs? And the reality is you get on Google for jobs when you when you have a good candidate experience because we're living in a in a world of what did you call it? Amazonification. So you know, similar to like Googleization, but Amazonification, where you can go up and almost anything you want, you can on one click buy it and it's delivered to you the next day. 
So once that information is captured, why do you have to keep re-entering it over and over? And even if you leave something in your cart, you get reminded in HR, you have to repeat the process a million times and then you fill out 25 applications and you're lucky if you hear from two or three companies. So, you know, close that black advice to everybody, close that HR black hole for sure. (laughs) Hey, I'm going to ask you guys, we can take a short break. I'd like to continue this conversation with you. So do both of you have some few minutes that we can run over? Yeah. Okay. So we, you are listening to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization show. We are talking about recruiting and really in large part retaining Gen Z. We're talking with Danielle Farage and Rosa Beltran, two Gen Zers who do, who absolutely, who absolutely exemplify what Gen Z is. So for anybody who's thinking that Gen Zs are lazy, you know, it's the old, it's the old young generation. Lazy, selfish, socialistic, idealistic, just want to sit there and play video games on the couch and live in your parents' basement. That is absolutely not true. And your messaging, it's your branding, it's your culture, it's how you treat people that is the problem. So we're going to continue this conversation. When we come back, we're going to learn a little bit more about the proper ways to use social media and especially TikTok. So stay tuned and we will be right back. A lot of you might be feeling like you're standing in deep shift. But do you know what grows and rises out of deep shift? Opportunity to successfully navigate the shift to the new normal. Each of us must learn to rapidly adapt to the speed of change. Some of us are hardwired for this. Others, not so much. That's where Success Performance Solutions can help. Success Performance Solutions is now your AQ headquarters. Whether you are personally struggling with the next chapter in your career or wondering how ready your team is for fast, disruptive change, our AQ assessment and coaching will provide you a detailed, scientifically-backed roadmap to guide you into the new normal. Optimize your adaptability today. Contact Success Performance Solutions about evaluating your team's change readiness or joining our upcoming AQ Masterclass. Visit SuccessPerformanceSolutions.com or call us at 800-803-4303. And welcome back, everyone, to the second segment, continuation of our conversation about recruiting Gen Z in a TikTok type of world. We've got Danielle Farage and Rosa Beltran, and my guest host, their co-host is Jason Cochran. And we're going to continue the conversation. So if you missed the first segment, go back and rewind it. And you missed the phenomenal conversation there. What we want to do is pick up about social media and then move into TikTok. You know, because uh, again, how how does that fit into recruitment? Rosa, I know you you started out talking about social media. I think you were you recruited. Is that how you found your job? Was was that? No, so I found my job through a first gen program called Basta. But however, I have seen other companies recruit through TikTok, and I just think it's incredible and a great platform to advertise your company, but also your open roles. Okay, what about some of the other social media? Is there one over the other? Because again, some people say, well, we use Facebook or we haven't been successful on Facebook. So we use Twitter or we use LinkedIn. What, what's a tip or what's some advice? You know, where, where are you guys hanging out these days? All of them, um, right? <laughs> yeah, well, pretty much all of them now. But from my experience, I've seen that a lot of people do not have LinkedIn accounts and do not want to create them, which is totally fine. But in my perspective, I've just noticed that a lot of people have joined Instagram or Facebook or TikTok just to find jobs. I think it's great to utilize them. Interesting. Then, yeah, what's your your views on using social for recruitment? Yeah. That, that was so interesting, Rosa, because I didn't know that people weren't making LinkedIn accounts. I think 
one of the problems is actually people don't have the education to know, oh, I should make a LinkedIn account for my professional career. And so they don't start early enough. And I remember in college, I made it because my siblings had LinkedIn's and they told me you should make one when you get your first internship. So I did. And then four years later, most of my friends upon graduating didn't have a LinkedIn. So it was, it was really interesting. But to answer your question, Ira, I think that some of the more creative ways are definitely TikTok. I know people are posting like visual resumes on their TikToks. That's how this influencer named Jenna Palak, she got her job at TikTok from a video that she made that went viral. It was a visual resume and she tagged them in. So that was, that's like sort of one way. And then Twitter actually is a really great way to find jobs. People post about jobs all the time on Twitter, especially if you're looking to be in tech or, you know, influencers, you know, passing, passing opportunities along to them. And then the third one is actually communities. So Rosa mentioned she was in a first gen program. There's a ton of programs like that and also other communities around, you know, I'm in one called Serial Marketers, one called Tribaha for people who are, you know, just getting out of coding boot camps and stuff like that. So there's a lot of very specific communities that you can really tap into, especially for the younger generation. Because I think there's one called Accelerated, actually, that has a lot of young college students or recent grads who are looking to go into the world of of startups and accelerators. And then also another one is ladder.io, which is more of a professional community for Gen Z. So are they, when you talk about communities, you gave a couple examples there. Are these part of LinkedIn, part of Facebook, or are these independent websites that, that people would need to, to research? Yeah. So as sort of a community person, not sort of, very much community manager. <laughs> But I, I know that a lot of communities live on one platform specifically based on who their members are. So a lot of the communities I belong to live on Slack. So probably that's going to be early career professionals or probably not college students. But some communities do live on LinkedIn or Facebook. But my generation, our generation doesn't really go on Facebook. So I would probably mix that one. And yeah, Instagram is another place where communities will live through influencers or other communities will just have their own pages on, on Instagram as well. So there's two things that I hear you saying, and, and Jason, I can follow this, but uh, just to summarize, two things I, I hear you saying. One is know your audience. It's not like, oh, Gen Z's are, you know, 25 years old, so they must like Instagram or they must all be on TikTok. And that's not true. You're millions of people, diverse. So know your audience. It may change geographically. It may change industry-wise. No two, no two of you are going to be the same. So don't stereotype and don't think it's like one easy fix. No, you know, understand your market. And then the second is, is just not posting jobs. I mean, you have to participate in the community. You have to be there. You have to contribute. It's not an advertising platform. I think companies still make that mistake. With that, I was teaching social media 13 years ago, 14 years ago, when when Facebook and Twitter were brand new, and companies thought it was a great place to advertise their jobs. And they had no community, no followers, and just talking into the wind if you're doing that. Jason, 
Yeah, quick question to follow up on this. So I, I know we've, we've kind of spoken in terms of personal brand. This is how people can leverage these platforms to kind of elevate the personal brand, talk about what they're about to help, you know, organizations understand them better. But let's put our lenses on maybe from a company perspective. How do these companies, because many of our listeners are HR leaders, they're business leaders, how can they leverage these platforms to try and help with their employer brand and use it for recruiting? And then maybe funnel that down to what's one or two steps that they should be taking to start dipping their toe in that water of maybe using TikTok to help with those things. Yeah, well, one thing I just want to like go back on is that a lot of people do not have LinkedIn primarily because if you're applying for like hourly positions, like, you know, sous chef or cashier, most likely not going to have a LinkedIn account. So the best way to get them is through social media. So one thing I do believe that HR leaders can leverage is the use of video resumes because not only does it show like energy and excitement of someone who wants to join your company, it also shows their creativity and more, which is what a lot of companies ask for to bring the you into the role. And that, and this is just a perfect way to do that. Yeah. I think it's about really building trust. So not just being reactive, right? So 2020, we saw a lot of companies talk about diversity and treat it as sort of this flavor of the month. And whereas the lived experience of many employees at X company didn't actually align with the narrative that they were telling. And one thing about Gen Z is that we can we can tell when someone is trying to pull a fast one on us, right? And we see right through it. And we'll talk to our friends, right? We're extremely resourceful. So really the important thing to remember is that we have eyes and ears everywhere. We know what's you know going, going to be a good opportunity versus a bad one. We can talk to people about it um, and do our own research. So I think like one of the ways to really help this is by, by treating people with a lot of respect and being consistently transparent about where you are in the process of diversity, for example, right? Where, where are you in the process of you're figuring out your hybrid plan and figuring out your flexibility? Are you basing it on science and research or are you basing it on power and control, <laughs> which we've seen a lot of? So bringing us you know, into the conversation, both internally and then externally talking about that and, and giving people the incentive, right, and making people feel so fulfilled and valued and supported that they want to talk about their job. And I've talked to many people in the past year about how great their jobs are, but I've also talked to people about their, their bad experiences, and they will leave. They won't hold back, right, from talking about the experience. So making sure that, you know, Pay attention to each and every person and really make sure that they feel valued, seen, supported, and understood. Danielle, I mean, that's that's incredible that you're, you're talking about that because it, and I just had this interview with Kevin Grossman. I was on his podcast, Shop Talk, and it just came out, what's today, Wednesday, it came out the beginning of the week. So if you go to the talentboard.org and click on podcast, it's, it's the most recent one. And we were talking about you know, exactly. You were just sharing how, you know, companies 
messaging and how they bring people in and, and that disconnect just doesn't resonate. And that's what people want, you know, for sure. By the way, on the bottom, was able to find that. Sorry, I, I don't have a better uh, URL for you there. We talked about lining the brand and the culture yesterday. It's again, walking the talk is it's, this isn't about what's the tagline Oh, what words do we need to use? Oh, created it or videos and we put it up on TikTok and it didn't work for us because nobody applied. It's about communicating. It's about listening. It's about participating. It's about asking questions. It's about people getting involved. It's about sharing. It's about collaborating, contributing. It's not just about Again, what's a good tagline in hiring a marketing agency or sponsoring ads to, to get higher there? Jason, did you have a question? I see you. I have one more. You know, one of the themes that's kind of bubbling underneath the surface here, I think, that we have been chatting about is this idea of life and work integration. And I remember growing up with my mom and dad, they didn't talk about work at home. Whether it was the best day ever or the worst day ever, I never knew. And, and for them, that's how their generation was. It was like, there's a clear defining boundary line between life and work and you keep them separate. Well, now we know there's plenty of research that says that's not how we operate. Like those things are closely intertwined and certainly COVID has brought that to life. To life. Are you seeing companies um, doing a better job with life work integration, particularly with Gen Z? And if you are seeing some that are doing a good job, what are they doing that's helping with that? I guess I'll take it to start off. So I would say you know, this highlights such an important point and one that I talk about all the time, which is a lot of leaders will ask me, you know, what are some, some perks? What do you think of this perk or that perk, right? What do you think of three weeks off during the year or work, work whatever? And what I'll say is it's not necessarily about the perks. It's more about the experience, the lived experience of working at a company. So, and that starts with asking, right? Asking the person that you're interviewing or even your employees, dare I say, what do you want? What is, what are your priorities right now? And how can I empower you to live your best life, right? So really is important to feel close to the work, right? And understand like, what are the company initiatives? You know, how is this company helping me get to where I want to be, but also getting, contributing to someone's life in a way where they feel like organization is actually helping them live a better life. And I think that one of the things that companies are missing right now is this opportunity to provide many of us want, right? I think it was 64% of Gen Z and 74% of millennials is flexibility. The opportunity to decide when you want to work in the office versus when you want to work at home is incredibly important. And I think it's something that a lot of companies might be overlooking the opportunity to make that shift because they're afraid, I think. But huge, it's a huge one. And, you know, for example, I my perfect world. And right now I'm in a hybrid role. That's something that, you know, the pandemic forced a lot of us to say, hey, what kind of lifestyle do I really want? As opposed to, you know, how much money do I want to make and make that shift? So personally, I found a hybrid job. I'm able to travel to France where much of our company is and also work in the States. And on the days that I feel like I want to be in an environment, I go to WeWork and that's all provided by the company, Right. And so I think there's this opportunity to cater to what people want. And if we don't get it where we're working, then we'll likely go elsewhere. 
which is important to remember. Yeah, I definitely do agree with everything you just said, especially about flexibility and perks, because a lot of jobs are doing sign-on bonuses. Just this week, Nike said that they were giving their employees one week off as a mental health week. I think that's so important because it shows how much they care about their employees. And I feel like employers should start doing something similar to that to show their their recruits and et cetera, that they actually do care and in the way that they do. I can talk to you guys forever. And, and I absolutely, hopefully we can get both of you back at some point and continue this conversation to get updates because we got a lot to learn. You guys are spectacular. You really are. And again, I, I applaud you for your success and, and continued success. And hopefully our, hopefully we continue to have conversations with you. I didn't mention this before when we were talking, when I was talking about Kevin, I, my mind had a brain freeze, but the canon resentment rate this year has gone up 63%. It was going, it was up 40% through 2019. Last year, there was a little bit of a dip because companies understood they had to be more empathetic. They did a better job at recruitment. They understand that messaging they were showing. Empathy was the word, one of the words of the year. So everyone was trying to, to show empathy. And then people came back to work and they went back to the, the old ways of doing things. And the candidate resentment rate, which is a pretty powerful word, means company, you know, candidates who are not treated well and employees who are not treated well are going to share that and they're going to share it on TikTok and social media. And so companies better get it. And they're saying, hey, why can't we find people? And there's a reason you can't find people because you got to treat people as human beings and and treat differently. So I applaud you for, for the message. Thank you for sharing that, for coming on Geek Skeezers and Googleization. Uh, and uh, no, I'm going to be following you. And Danielle, can't wait for the book to come out. If there's anything I either Jason and I can do to help, please let us know. And Rosa, thank you for coming on. I know this is the first time you've done a podcast like this for a show. And you are great. You are great. So Thanks. that continues. There any final words for me, one of you? Go for it, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like um, it. <laughs> I guess a final word to HR leaders and anyone in the recruiting space, pretty much just know your audience, know that the world changes every day. So having amazing content to market for your open roles is key in getting more people to apply to your jobs. Yeah, I would say, you know, don't settle for less. <laughs> so make sure that you're always bringing us into the conversation, whether it's internally or externally, in order to really cater to the needs of not just the culture that you have today, but the one that you're trying to create in the future. So having always like an eye on the future is, is key and bringing us into the conversation, just like Ira and Jason have done today. So I really appreciate the time and, and having us on here. Thanks very much. And again, I know both of you are, are open to new connections and sharing and, and being involved. So please reach out to them both on LinkedIn and then Roxy, if you can put up their contact information again, we'll be sure to put that in the show notes as well. Uh, so people can reach out to you. There's Danielle's LinkedIn and there are Rose's. Reach out to them. Thanks. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. And your success. Thank you. That was a fast 48 minutes there. That was. <laughs> we could have continued to go on for, for a long time. Fascinating. And certainly is not the typical Gen Z's I hear about, is it? No, <laughs> you hear absolutely about. not. 
And yeah. just the idea of TikTok, again, like we talked about at the beginning, I would never have thought about that being a powerful tool. But what they're talking about with visual resumes and a day in the life, and these are things that people care about now, Gen Z's in particular, when they're looking at choosing what company they're going to work for. And a third of our life we spend at work. And I think this generation gets that now, that whatever I'm going to put my time, my energy, my heart and soul into, it's got to pay dividends. It's got to be healthy for me and my well-being. And it's just refreshing to hear that perspective that people are starting to think in that way. I think we owe it to a lot of Gen Z's like Rosa and Danielle helping us think that way now. I think we owe it to every generation because, again, it's not only Gen Z's that want life work integration, which is, you know, Keith Compagda's, you know, tagline. Keith's been preaching that for since I met him several years. Is It's not work-life balance. It's life work integration. It's how do you, and that's a different approach. So I encourage everybody to, to consider that because I, I was smiling uh, when, when you talked about your parents that you never talked about it. If you're an older baby boomer and you had, obviously, your veteran traditional parents, you always talked about it. Life was work. That was what people did and didn't stop talking about it. My mother's we 98. And when we get on the phone, she says, well, how many, you know, did you get any business from the conference when you went out there? It wasn't who did you meet? How was it? Did you travel safely? It was like, did you get any business from it? <laughs> so generations, different approaches. So, so absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. Again, I want to thank everybody. What a phenomenal show. Hopefully, if you're you tuned in late, you'll watch it from the beginning. Hopefully, you'll share this. Recruiting Gen Z is one of the most common questions I get every time that on a, on, on a show, doing a presentation. I think you got a lot of answers today. It's not it's not just a perk. It's not just a pool tape, you know, a table. It's not just some hours. It's not telling somebody you can work one day a week from home. It's going to be different for every company, every geography, demographics, it's, and it's going to be really important to make sure you got your act together. There's just, there's zero tolerance. And when you have three to five job openings for every candidate, qualified candidate that's out there, it's zero tolerance. You can't afford to make mistakes. And the good news is, I keep saying this over and over again, the bar is pretty low. So you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be better than your competitors. <laughs> Do a good job. There's quite a few webinars. I'm going to be putting them up on a page in our website so they're a little easier to find and get that information out. But I want to thank everybody for listening today. We have got great lineup coming up in September. If you are not a member of Googleization Nation, I hope you will please join that. It's free and you'll get updates like about the podcast, about upcoming webinars, about articles and recruiting tips. And hopefully we'll uh, get some contributions from, from Jason there as well. Until Jason, any final words? You got like 10 seconds. Great show. Good to see you, my friend. I'm glad that you had safe travels and it's good to have you back home. And, and I hope that you're starting to feel well rested again. And we'll catch up soon. And again, thank you very much. And as we always sign off, don't let the shift hit your plans.